0: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your Money from the Bay Area's business leader, 1220
1: KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A couple things that I like to do from time to time is I like to do series, and this is one of them. It's basically 20 financial lessons, and it's... I wish I would have known this money 101 type of concepts and we've all made financial mistakes and the the trick to getting wealthy is to cut down on your mistakes going forward, whether you're in your twenties, thirties, forties, or fifties. Um, there's a lot of good tips out there, top things that you need to know. There's hints, there's tricks, there's much, much more. So I've been putting together this series of, of basically 10 podcasts that covers roughly 20 topics. And one of the topics I want to hit today is buying a car. It's not as expensive as a home. But it's right up there as big ticket items that will make commitment to your wallet for the foreseeable future. First and foremost, um, try to cut down on you know the want and go with the need, i.e. make sure you're getting the right vehicle for you. It seems pretty obvious, but you could wind up an unhappy car owner pretty fast if you haven't thought carefully about how many people you're going to be toting around or what sort of luggage you're going to be toting around. A Mini Cooper is not exactly appropriate for someone who goes on, you know, long-term vacations and has to pack up the car. Or, you know, uh, a Mini Cooper could be ideal for someone who has no friends and just wants to tote themselves around. Again, it's going to differ from person to person, so keep that in mind. Get the car that's appropriate for you. Assess the worth of your old car. I'm driving a car right now that has... 135,000 miles. I will drive it until it's got 200, 235, 300. Um, I do pretty good prevention of maintenance on it. So the worth of my old car is almost nothing, other than I don't have to have. And by the way, I have two vehicles. I've got the nice one for show, and I've got the, you know, the other one for durability and work, um, putting the miles on. So whether you, you know, plan to trade in your old car. Uh, Your current car can be an important factor in your budget. Check the right website and possibly, you know, um, Craigslist and newspaper ads and uh, ways for you to dump it, per se, and seek out a realistic valuation. You know, um, one of my last vehicles, after it hit about 170,000 miles, it just was starting to become too much to maintain. And uh, it had been on many ski trips, so it was not in good condition as far as snow and Water does nasty things to interiors. So getting rid of it, I was like, okay, do I sell it? Eh, I don't really let people come to my home. Do I put it on Craigslist? Eh, no. So for me, it was a donation. And it was a tax write-off that, in hindsight, I probably should have sold it. Because the tax write-off that I thought I was going to get, the deduction, was a lot less than what the deal the company promised me. And for the record, I'm not going to knock all car donation sites. But they seem to be run by attorneys who get a piece of the action and then they give a piece of that action to the charity um, and I don't understand that it's like why if I'm calling this organization who's going to help children why aren't they not the ones who are doing the paperwork filing nope anyway so assess your old car value and write some of the stuff down a friend of mine got into a situation where she still has a loan active i CFP Chad Burke in this question she still has a loan active. She has six thousand dollars. She's got a ten thousand dollar car repair, um, but really, it could be between five and ten thousand. The dealer said ten, 000, so I'm guessing it's probably more like five. Um, she does have an emergency savings. She has a four hundred one k that's pretty well funded. Mm-hmm. She's already got a loan on it. Like I said, a couple more years, six thousand um, bucks. What are some of the options someone like that should consider?
2: Wow, that's a tough one. So the the vehicle totally upside down after the repairs are considered.
1: Um, still upside down, yeah. Yeah. But it would cost five thousand dollars probably to get it back on the road uh, through a piston. So it's going to be rebuilding the um, valves. But it's going to be basically a brand new engine, and they'll put in when they have the engine stripped. They'll put in a new water cooler. It'll, it'll be basically a brand new engine. Uh, my, transmission and other things could still go bad in the future. But $5,000 to get a brand new car to me, it's fine that money. Because she's probably not going to get a reliable vehicle for $5,000.
2: Yeah, I mean, first thing, second opinion on the repairs. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times, on um, you know, if she might be better off. If, if that's the only issue, that's fine. She might be better off looking at a trade-in for an even less expensive car where she could go to a dealer or, a, you know, that... Can take in the car, do the repairs for much cheaper. Yeah, you know, at cost, and then turn around and sell it. So she's got some research to do. There's no easy answer on that one.
1: To come up with the five K,
2: I would not borrow from the four one K. No,
1: where would if, you borrow? Barf- if there's no other options, what do you do?
2: You know what? It's that is that. There's got to be a way to do a trade, and even if she has to go do a short term lease, like a two or three year lease. Okay. That's better than borrowing from the 401k, even if she's upside down on something. I don't know. It's just, it's such a bad idea to borrow from the 401k. When you do all that money's out of the market, you're paying it back with after-tax dollars that eventually gets taxed again. And if you leave the job, yeah. it's all due in full. And it's it, if you can't pay it in full, then it's taxable plus a 10% penalty. Okay. So then it'll put her in even a worse situation. And people change jobs every couple of years <laughs> right now. So odds are she won't pay it back.
1: Okay. Talking about buying a new car or a used car, any thoughts from you?
2: I haven't done it in a long time. I mean, I like to buy cars that are two or three years old.
1: And then just ride them? Yeah. La-
2: I'm pretty tough on cars with going to the mountain a lot, towing a boat, and, and three kids. You know, I talk about this all the time. you got a new car, and it's great, and you don't let people eat in it, and then all of a sudden there's one time they eat in it, and then you pick them up from the soccer game, and there's, you
1: know, Here, it's, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, And, uh... All of a sudden, your new car is more of a regret than anything else. So yeah, I like saving you know, a lot of money by waiting a couple of
1: years. Um, new car, used car, when you decide on it for yourself, it sounds like you lean towards used. Yep. Um, now, you have a daughter. Yep. Would you get her a new car when she's 21 because it's a little more reliable than used? You're not going to go reliability. You're not going to fall for the commercials, like the tire commercials. I'll,
2: I'll go for safety, yeah, but I mean, I, I worked and bought my own car. I, uh, I'm not going to buy her a brand new car. Are you kidding me? I'm just throwing it out there.
1: I once was on an antidepressants, mm-hmm. and um, this was like 23 years ago, and there was that commercial where the little baby's riding around in a tire, and it's just this guilt trip of, like, it's a baby. You better have the best tires possible, mm-hmm. and the best tires possible are really expensive. But I started crying during the commercial. I was like, time to get off antidepressants. <laughs> Fair?
2: Having the opposite effect for you?
1: Um no, I was just I was so happy. I was like that baby's you have to protect it. And like it just antidepressants mess with your emotions. Oh, it was a happy cry then. I think it was a happy cry. <laughs> I probably should hit the dumb button on that. Yeah. <laughs> Go back right. in time and pretend I, that never went out on yep. air. Okay, that's gone. Uh, well chime in when you want, to, CFP Chad Burchin. So I think him and I both agree that two year used is kinda of like the sweet spot of cars. Um, because it gets a lot of depreciation in that area, and it probably doesn't get a lot of beating. Um, again, if you're buying a sporty little car, it probably, the guy showed it off to his girlfriend, Let, how fast I can go, and it probably did some wear and tear on the vehicle. So do your homework. Um, anytime you buy a car, uh, try not to get too emotional about it. The Internet has made things incredibly easy, with whether it's websites like Edmunds, In the world of negotiating a lease you know leases they're for some people and they're not for all people i'll talk about leasing i'll talk about how to avoid dealer scams i'll talk about how to buy Um, do not be that one person that goes in and and falls for those pitches Uh, it's still a heavily commissioned business and that stinks puts a lot of pressure on you and i to get it right when we do it big ticket purchase and it could be something that really saps your savings for the future I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial.
0: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW. listening to the best of Rob Black and your Money on AM twelve twenty, KDOW and iHeart Radio Station.
1: I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing in more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Shopping for a car is kinda of like the topic of the day. Um, whether you're you know, shopping for a car you're gonna get a loan again. So most people are going to get loans. Should you go to a credit union? Yes or no. If you have a credit union available to you, I've found credit unions kind of work out pretty good for, uh, you know, auto-type scenarios. But, again, it's kind of hit or miss, and you kind of have to learn how to play the game. And you will. Um, I believe you will. So leased cars. Well, let's talk about a couple websites first and foremost. Some of the best websites for vehicles, edmunds.com. Kelly's, uh, that's edmunds.com Kelly's Blue Book, um, kbb.com. Both are free. Both will let you check the going prices for every make, model, and year you'd want. Some sites like autotraderandcars.com, autotrader.com and cars.com list classified ads for used cars. Um, firms like Carfax and AutoCheck will track down the history of your prospective vehicle only on things that were reported. So you can buy a car that's been flooded in New Orleans, And unless it was reported on Carfax, you bought a clunker. It's really, really difficult to find a car that you can trust. And I I, I find that to be cruel. Um, Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton. um, Talking about uh, finding a car that you can trust. You like used cars. Yep. How do you know it hasn't been in a flood? How do you know, like, what do you do to kind of find what you want? Didn't, um, you buy, didn't you buy a car once like, that was in the Midwest and you had it shipped here?
2: I did, and I had to send – actually, there was one car where um, – when I did that, when I, when I can't see the car in person, I had sent twice. This was years ago. Um, the service that was through – wherever I was buying it online, I can't remember, where you could get an outside mechanic to go look through the car. Okay. And the first one that I had identified was a flood car, and he called and told me that, and it was well worth the, like, 60 bucks that I paid. Um, So yeah, if you're gonna buy them without without seeing them and have it shipped to you, you you need to have a mechanic go inspect the car. I'd say you don't open the glove box and sand falls out.
1: How about if you buy a car across the street? I'd consider a mechanic.
2: Oh, absolutely. Every time you buy a car, yeah, any kind of time you buy a used car, take it to a mechanic that's trusted, that's not with the dealership that you're buying it from.
1: How about those little computer programs, the where you can plug it in and get like a kickback of, you know, it tells you everything that's wrong with a car. I don't really trust them because, again, I got an email from someone who said, I I took my car oil all the time, did that, uh, maintained it properly, did that, um, got a Carfax, did that. Um, The dealer ran a computer test on it, charged me 180 bucks, and it still was a clunker. And never did it come back like, oh, you're going to have a problem with this, oh, you're going to have a problem with that. Yeah. It was one problem after another, and you know, again, bad financial decision getting a used car.
2: And that's another reason why you have emergency reserves, set aside, because you never know when you're going to get that lemon.
1: Let's talk leasing real quick. Leasing is probably the easiest way to get a new car every couple of years for the people who want the new car every couple years. Mm-hmm. You and I were just talking about, like, I really only drive about 12,000 miles for work, so I should consider a lease.
2: As a business owner, yeah, you should. A lot of CPAs will say it's easier to write off that perpetual lease payment then depreciate the car. Because what happens, you know, a, a lot of business owners will go get that SUV and get that big write-off in the first year, but as they're continuing to make those payments, if they're, if they're doing it on a car loan, then you're making the payment, but you're not able to write off that payment, and it counts towards your taxable income. Um, so it's like a nice write-off up front without future write-offs, whereas right. the lease payment, if you're driving under a certain amount, in the lease makes sense and you like to have a new car every three to five years because you're financially able to do that, it could make sense. I drive too much. There's not a lease that is out there that's going to really work for me because of the amount of driving that I do.
1: Which is interesting to note. Like um, if I were to lease, I, I'm right at that 12,000, but you can get 15,000-mile leases. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Um, but then again, every time I do a trip to Tahoe, I, I'm going to rent a car Yeah. because I don't want you know all those miles being thrown on me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if
2: you're, if you're really into the new technology, cars, electric, whatever, th- you've got to think that in three to five years, technology is going to change drastically, which could really affect that depreciation. which is why when you, if you're financially able to go after those nicer cars and you want that new technology, that's why leasing might also make sense, too, so you don't have to have an uncertain amount of depreciation. You know that you're going to pay for the car and you're not going to have anything left at the end of the three-year term.
1: What's the whole capitalized cost mean? Like there's some jargon in leasing that kind of throws people.
2: Yeah, cost of money. I mean, there's really before you go in to purchase a car, you almost want to make that decision whether you're going to lease or buy and then learn how the different ways that they can affect, I mean, you can get a lower payment, but at the end of the lease term, you might end end up owing a ton of money. Or have a horrible trade-in value or whatever it may be. So I'm not anywhere near a leasing expert because I haven't been doing it.
1: Well, capitalized cost is the equivalent of the selling price, which you want to get down as low as possible. The residual, and again, lowering the price of a car sounds crazy that you're going to lease. Mm-hmm. But it's something you could do to help figure out you know, your, your pay structure. The residual value is the estimated worth of your car at the end of your lease. The monthly payments are determined with the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a good website out there called Lease Wizard. Um, and again, it's not for the person who says, I'm going to take off to LA for Christmas. It's, that's going to put too many miles on you. It's going to hurt you. I do seminars and events all the time in the Bay Area. You can learn more about these events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. CFP Chad Burton can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Um, a couple things on, you know, I would refer to the car dealerships as, not the best experience in the world for me. I kind of freak out when I go into a car dealership. Um, I once, oh, this is a great story. I think Chad will actually like this one. When I was in college, I got a Nissan Altima. I wanted a Nissan Altima. I don't know why. I, that was the car that grabbed my eye. I went in and they're like, Tch. I was like, I could pay $300 a month in a car payment. That's all I'm going to have. That's that's it. I, I don't know how much the car costs. And they're like, Take it home. Take it home. Drive it. Come back tomorrow. I came back tomorrow. And it went from like 365 down to 350. I was like, I'm so so sorry. I can't do this. Here's your car. Um, thank you. And they're like, take it home. Take it home. Take it home. So after 30 days, I put 5,000 miles on it, and they said, give it back. I put 5,000 miles <laughs> on a car in <laughs> a month.
2: What dealership is this?
1: Uh, nice. What car sales salesperson got fired for that? Yeah, one. really. Um, slightly used car. <laughs> New slightly used, I felt bad about it, but I was honest, and I think they never got the price down below 315 fifteen. Um, and then I did do a road trip.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny. Um, but we're not perfect. So buying a newer used car can be a harassing process because it is commission driven, and you know the more they the more difference between what they pay versus what they sell it to you for is where that commission is going to kick in. Um, I'm going to go over some real car tips for you. I've got about 21 dealership tips. Um, Lying about the small things is like one of them. Like, oh, yeah, we got the collar of your car. Come on in. Come on in. We'll talk about these kind of things and more. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com.
0: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your
1: Money on AM
0: 1220, KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220, KDOW, and iHeart Radio Station.
1: So whether you're buying a used car or a new car, you're going to have to deal with someone who is on the other end of that deal. You're the buyer, they're the seller, right? I talked with a lot of salespeople, interacted with them, and you know, they'll lie about the small things. They'll say things like the color's not available, there's only three left in the whole state, Price is good only for today. Someone else is interested in the car. Better decide quickly. And what you do to conquer that is don't rush into anything. Just treat the salesperson fairly and say, you know what? I'm taking my time to answer. And if the blue one goes away, I've got a car. I'll come back when a blue one comes in. There's a lot of shell games that go on. That's when the salesperson finds out what your hot buttons are and exploits them. A good salesperson listens to you. And then they know what you want, and then they play off that for the rest of the time. What did you once tell me, Chad? You were talking about an ex-associate. Um, you said he came from the insurance side of the business, so mm-hmm. he listens to your questions?
2: Listens to your questions?
1: <clears throat> he said something like that.
2: No, I mean, I like uh, when I find CFPs yeah. to join the team. Um. I kind of get excited about the ones that they came from the insurance side of the business. Okay. Like I came from the, the annuity and mutual fund side. That's when right. you know, I started in the early 90s. That was all that was around, really. E yeah. base planning was just starting to get going. Um, so those people that spend time in the insurance world, um, and then they find out on their own that, hey, this isn't quite the right thing to do here. You know, Life insurance isn't an investment for most people. Annuities aren't really that great for most people. Um, th- when they figure that out on their own, they already have that kind of that moral compass. Yeah, and then they 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 go on their own kind of uh, mission to get into the fiduciary world. But at the same time, they also know those products really well. So when a situation comes up where they got to fix them, yeah. or where they might make sense, like an estate planning case, they already know the product, so they can actually give advice on what to do with the people that already bought them, or maybe a large estate plan case that they actually need it.
1: I found it. I remember you saying something like they listen and then they hang you with what you say. So like if you go into a financial planning kind of event and say, uh, yeah, I'm worried about taking care of my family, then the, the annuity product will come up. Mm-hmm. Um, Death benefits. and In the auto dealer world, if you come in with a used car that you want to trade in, they're going to give you the maximum trade in. This is the maximum trade in I can give you. Mm-hmm. They'll say things like that. Yeah. And then they'll just jack up the price of the car they're selling you. So it's very very. Anyway, I'll let you go back to when what people you started asking for
2: the dealer invoice. Yeah, I had one time where the guy came out with this like, what do you call those matrix printers? Those yeah, little yeah, yeah, printers yeah, yeah. With a, the dot matri- the dot matrix, dot
1: matrix, dot matrix. Yeah, nineteen eighty four technology probably.
2: Yeah, I. That's what this dealer invoice looked like. Was this <laughs> dot matrix, you know, self printed deal? I'm like, I never bought from that guy. It wasn't too comfortable. It's actually, a nineteen sixty technology yeah. probably died in nineteen eighty four. Brothers printer.
1: I remember I had a brother. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so the salesperson finds out what drop buttons are, and then kind of exploits you on them. Um, if you have a monthly payment, they'll start working off that. They'll make sure that you get it, but they'll extend the they'll extend the term of the loan. You know, to get your hundred and or to get your four hundred dollar payment, it's going to be a seven year uh, loan. That's getting up there. That's really really getting up there. So there's a lot of shell games. You want to negotiate every purchase of your deal separately. So when I go in to get a car, I don't go in and say, I've got all the cash in the world because then he knows he's not going to be able to sell me on a loan with a higher rate. I don't go in there with a trade-in. The trade-in comes at the last second and typically I'm going to do the trade-in in the private market outside the dealership. So don't go in there showing all your cards. you know. And if you can get a credit union to your loan, that's great. No, like Ask them like, hey, Uh, What what terms can you offer and see if they're, they're competitive with yours? So getting a credit union to give you a quote before you go in should help you. Another scam at car dealerships is the dealer advertises a car with a great price, but when you show up at the dealership, that one's already been sold. Then they try to get you to buy a more expensive vehicle. The whole point of bait and switch, you know, is to get you to the showroom. Once you're there, you're like, I just spent $10 in gas getting here. So call the dealership prior to visiting. And see if they still have that one in stock. If so, ask them to email you a fax that you you know with a signed statement indicating the vehicle's still in stock and available for sale. If they're not willing to do it, if they're not willing to put their name on in writing, just go to another dealer. So we're talking tips in, in how to get by in the car world. Um, lowballing the trade in is a big one. The dealer is gonna quote you a very low price on your trade in. They want to see if you're a true sucker, and they're willing to you're willing to you know say, okay, I've got this car that you know barely running, and you just offered me a dollar for it. Sounds like uh, that's the best I can get. You're an expert after all, you work at a dealership. They're hoping it's going to cause you to question the value of your vehicle. As they increase the offer, it seems like a victory because you started out low and you're getting higher. Shop your trade-in to multiple dealers. Shop your trade-in to multiple sites. Try to have a value on it long before you go into a scenario like that. You could also highball the offer over the phone, which is one of those scams that I I truly hate. So you call the dealer to see what they will offer you for a trade-in. They give you an attractive offer. They tell you to bring it in. When you bring it in, the dealer doesn't honor the offer after inspecting it in person. Their goal was, again, to get you into the showroom. Again, best way to combat that is to show your trade-in to multiple, multiple people. Uh, changing the figures in the lease agreement. This one sucks. And when you start going in that finance officer's office, um, you're away from the car salesperson, you're away from the general manager, and you're like, I've got a friend. i got someone who's normal like me. So, But the confusing nature of leasing, a lot of dealers will change the numbers around in the contract and literally steal money from you things such as raising the capitalized cost or increasing the money factor. So you need to have a good understanding of how leasing works. Um, there's plenty of websites that will walk you through it. Speaking of leasing, gap insurance, uh, pretty good idea, like in case, oh, you, yeah. in case you wreck that.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, because especially if, like I said, new technology cars, yeah. if you wreck it and it's already upside down in value, I mean, you're if you owe twenty thousand dollars on it, and it's only worth you know fifteen, yeah, then you're on the hook if you don't have the gap insurance for that difference.
1: Gap insurance is one of those insurances on cars that you do recommend. Uh, yeah, so at least strongly consider it and know why you're doing it will teach you that you probably want to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. CFP Chad Burton. So um, raising the price on the vehicle. This is pretty common as well. So, far as scams go. A lot of car shoppers don't realize you need to negotiate the purchase price of the car when leasing. So they leave it up to the dealer and you end up paying the full manual MSRP, uh, the suggested race, uh, uh, price, retail price. So when leasing the purchase price of the car, it's called the capitalized cost. This should be negotiated just as aggressively as if you were buying the car. Um, don't go with a sticker. And again, if you have a number in your head And you've done the research on it, and then you get to the lot, and they're like, okay, why did you lease this one that's got the luxury package in it? That's not the one. That's not the one you in your head you were getting into. Get away. There's another one that is just deplorable, and it's called the four square method. I talked to a car salesperson. He taught me this one. It's the most common sales tactic that you're going to find in a dealership. It's designed to confuse you. Uh, it mixes mixing the price of the car, down payment, trade-in value, monthly payment, all into a single transaction. So they get a piece of paper out and they start showing you everything. The tactic only works on car shoppers who negotiated a dealership. Simply negotiate everything by, uh, via phone or email and handle each part of the transaction separately. So math can be very tricky at times, or there's tricks in it that can confuse you. So be cautious on how you approach this. There's something called title washing, and this scam is the scam where they hide the history of a vehicle that's been salvaged, usually due to flooding. Uh, title washing is common after a major disaster like floods and hurricanes. The title is washed by transferring a salvaged vehicle to another state that doesn't recognize the salvage brand. So, using Carfax and Autocheck to see the history of the car, it's okay, only if that's been reported in computer records. So. One of the tips is is to have a mechanic go with you to the dealership. And if they're not willing to let a mechanic look under the hood, just say no. Um, and again, it's a small price. It's like when you buy a home, having someone come look at your home for you. Um, even if it's not part of the deal. You know, the loan appraisal, eh, the house is worth ballpark. But getting someone who knows homes, a home inspector, is just like getting a mechanic to inspect your car. And again, have a German mechanic, not speaking German, but a guy who's worked on German cars, check out your BMWs, have, you know, uh, I don't even know what country Audi is from. Audi is German too. Have, having a German guy come check out your Audi, that's perfect as well. See, there's things that I don't know. That money I know well. Women, not so much. NFL, no, I don't know the NFL. Uh, countries where cars are built. Okay, I know Nissan. Everyone knows that's russia (laughs) right you're an idiot rob black um double first payment leases usually require you to make a first monthly payment up front sometimes down payment includes this sometimes it doesn't some dealers will try to take advantage of the ambiguity and give double first payment audio check the agreement very very carefully make sure they're not double charging you on that first payment um it stinks right there's a scam called packed payments. This is when the dealer hides add-ons into your monthly car payment. Add-ons are typically like service contracts, extended warranties, gap insurance, paint and fabric protection. If you're doing the paint and fabric protection, if you if the car's paint isn't good for five years, seven years, go get a different car. If you can't buy a, a, a can of uh, fabric protection and spray it on yourself... <sighs> There's something wrong with you. Little Bruce Springsteen taking a break. You can find me out at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Or Thunder Road.
0: You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to the best of Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW and iHeartRadio station.
1: So I'm talking about buying a car and again, I tend to like if you're going to be an owner of a business, at least makes a lot of sense if you can keep it to 12000 15000 It's a great tax write-off. It's, it works pretty efficiently. It's not the greatest. You know, owning a car that's paid off for six, seven, eight, nine years after it's paid off is wonderful. I'm going over, like, again, you have to approach things with a psychology when it comes to money. And you can't do things that you've done before. The mistakes have to stop repeating themselves. It's okay to make mistakes. We've all done it. I have one first marriage that I did not get married in all my 20s. And then I waited until my 30s, and I dated all the right women in my 20s and 30s. And then early 30s, I was like, hmm, that one's hot. She's sexy, and she can cook. And I can pamper her. She pampers me. And there was like three times in six months where I was like, she's crazy. I want out of this. She's got those crazy Hunter Pence eyes. You ever seen Hunter Pence play for the Giants? His eyes are like all over the field. Like, they're just bouncing. And she had just crazy moments. Um, I can't go over them on the air because it's A, rude, and B, um... It's just rude, but um, I dumped her like three times, and I've never done that. And she kept like getting back in, and I got married, and within nine months there was emails going off to CEOs of other companies, and um, she was what I would refer to as a lily pad jumper. She's always making her life a little bit better. Um, so the CEO of a not the CEO, but he was on the board of directors of a major company, took her to Saudi Arabia. I guess I should have taken her to Saudi Arabia, it was also the age of her dad. So I guess she had dad issues. So the good, the bad, and the ugly. These are other car scams. We all make mistakes. We want to stop making them. Good guy, bad guy. A lot of times when you're going in to buy a car, one salesman is the honest and to be trusted, but a sales manager is hard to deal with. The strategy is meant to wear you down on both sides. So they're on the same team. They're not on your team. That's one that I, I really want to, like, pound on again and again and again. And I want you just to be cautious. Um, you know, you want to stop making mistakes. Buying a car is pretty easy. You know, I like the two-year used. If you're going to own the car, um, lease is okay. But, again, you have to negotiate price. You have to understand what the terms are. You have to consider gap insurance. Um, just in case something bad goes out wrong. I think you want to get approved for a car loan, a powerful first step is before you go into a dealer, go to a credit union, go to a bank and say, look, if, and again, you don't want people running hard swipes on your credit. So getting approved for a loan from a bank, credit union, or online lender will show you what interest rate you qualify for. If the interest rate offer is unexpectedly high, you'll know that there are problems with your credit history that need to be resolved before moving forward. Bank of America sends me on a regular basis, hey, refinance your car loan at 2.75. That's not bad. Like, if you're going to carry a loan, that's not bad. So you want to price your car and trade in. So you want to shop for a loan before you go to the dealership. You want to price the car that you're looking for before you go in. You want to price the car that you might trade in before you go. Edmunds.com has a website called uh, or link called uh, True Market Value. And it uses actual sales figures to reveal the average price buyers are paying for cars in your area. Again, you could probably go lower than that because that, this is called an average. And sometimes what you could do to a salesperson say, look, I see that you want to sell me the car for 35 I get that. Uh, I'm on Edmonds and I see it going for 34 so I'll make a deal with you. I'm willing to pay 33 When you can do it, get in touch. Until then... If no other cars come on your lot, if one does, that, that's, that your manager can let go for that price, give me a call. So locating the car that you want. There's so many options us, it's not. <laughs> Maybe it is. I'm confused now. I don't know. But, again, Edmunds.com is probably one of the best out there for locating a make, model, and year of a car you want. And Edmunds has got something along with their site, Edmunds.com, called Price Promise. Price promise is interesting. It assures car shoppers a guaranteed upfront price on a specific car. Look for price promise offers on a car of your choice. Print out the certificate on the page and you're ready to go to the dealership and conclude a deal. It's a good idea to call ahead to make sure they've got the car is still available. Um, you know, if there's no price promise offer on a car you want, shopping through a dealership's internet department will save you time and money. You can easily communicate with the internet manager by phone or email. Um, A lot of people are drawn towards the traditional way of buying a car, of going in and test riding. But know when you visit that showroom that you're going to get, you know, good cop, bad cop. You're going to get, like, I'm going to show you how much your trade-in is, I'm going to show you how much the car cost is, I'm going to show you what our cost is, and, like, you're going to get confused. You're going to be a little fawn. I still get confused by beautiful women. I get confused when I go to a car dealership. I know my weaknesses. Do you know your weaknesses? I make fewer financial mistakes now because I know my weaknesses. So always negotiate for a lower price. Um, Request internet price quotes from at least three local dealers. I know that stinks because it feels like you're, you're, I don't want you shopping for a mortgage because ultimately if you find a good lender, he's going to shop for the mortgage for you. But if you're shopping for a mortgage lender, you're just going to get three people that say, I'll give you the lowest rate, come on in. So you got to find that person that's willing to work pretty aggressively for you, um, in my opinion. And that, in cars, is you. In mortgages, it's mortgage lender. In real estate, it's that agent who knows the community really well or a really top flight agent. I typically wouldn't give advice to go with a top flight agent, but if they're able to get more people to see your home, they're going to be able to get a higher price for your home. Maybe I go for the local agent who, for shopping the houses and more top flight for selling the houses. Anyway, you know how I work now. I know how you work. Well, maybe I don't. You can find me online at robblack.com.
0: Opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network. This station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision